welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's July 30th, 2021, and this is episode 73. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. in theaters this weekend, specifically starting today on July 30th, um, are three uh, interesting and varied releases. First up is uh, a drama uh, entitled The Green Knight. This is from uh, A24 Studios, and it's directed by David Lowry. Uh, This is um, what's being called an otherworldly Arthurian legend unlike anything you've seen before. In other words, (laughs) it's a new cinematic interpretation of the uh, the 14th century Middle English book, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Uh, This is set in the time of King Arthur. In fact, Sir Gawain is a knight of King Arthur's round table, and he accepts his challenge from the mysterious Green Knight. I remember having to read this in 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 a Middle English literature class I took in college. Uh, don't be too jealous. <laughs> and I don't remember much other than it was kind of torturous. But uh, this movie looks to be very um, artistic. I, I heard a brief interview with the director, David Lowry, who this film was supposed to come out last year. And again, you know, because of COVID, it got shut down. But David Lowry decided to take the time uh, during COVID to re-edit the film. And so... What we are getting now is is different than what we would have gotten if we if, if we had seen this film um, last year. So uh, this film stars Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, and Joel Edgerton, and uh, it is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for violence, some sexuality, and graphic nudity. Uh, next up is Jungle Cruise, which is a family comedy adventure from Walt Disney Pictures. Is directed by Jaime Colette Serra, and this is being touted as a quote, quote unquote an adventure of a lifetime. Uh, it's it's an action packed movie that is inspired by the famous theme park ride at Disneyland and at other Disney parks around the world. Um, it's set in the Amazon. Uh, it stars Dwayne Johnson, uh, aka The Rock as uh, the riverboat captain, uh, Skipper Frank, uh, also stars Emily Blunt as uh, an explorer named Dr. Lily Houghton. And uh, also starring in the film are Edgar Ramirez, Jack Whitehall, Jesse Piemans, and Paul Giamatti. Uh, I actually got to see this film this week, and so I will be reviewing uh, Jungle Cruise in the podcast today. Um, it is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association for Sequences of Adventure Violence. And then, uh, finally, in new releases this weekend, is uh, the film Stillwater, which is a dramatic thriller thriller, Excuse me, from Focus Features. It's directed by Tom McCarthy. Uh, this film stars Matt Damon as a, an American oil rig roughneck um, who's from Oklahoma. It's also said in kind of modern day. Uh, it is, uh, so this, this roughneck travels to France to visit his estranged daughter 
who has been put in prison for a murder she claims she didn't commit. Confronted with language barriers, cultural differences, and a complicated legal system, uh, Matt Damon's character builds a new life for himself in France as he makes it his personal mission to exonerate his daughter. Uh, Stillwater is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for uh, language. So there you have it. Three different, uh, you know, all, all different, but all sounding uh, quite interesting movies uh, opening this weekend. The Green Knight, Jungle Cruise, and Stillwater. Really, the bulk of the bo- the podcast uh, is going to be on on reviewing the, the films of July. Uh, I uh, saw four of the main uh, studio releases uh, that that came out this month, and they've all been, uh, you know, again varied and interesting. And I've been happy. I saw three out of the four in the movie theater. We'll we'll talk a bit about. Uh, talk a bit about that. Uh, and, uh, anyway, was, was happy to go to the movies. One thing to report though, which I thought, again, has just been kind of interesting is I just don't feel like movie theaters are really back as far as just everybody going there. There have been decent sized crowds at, at these films. Cause I saw, I saw all of these films on opening weekend. Uh, it was, and the Jungle Cruise, which I'll be you know reviewing, um, I got to see it yesterday. You know how they, the studios often will start showing some of these big releases on Thursday night, so I was able to go last night. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll uh, start with the film. I'm just going to go, for, for, I guess, in chronological order of release date <laughs> during the month of July. First up is Black Widow. Now this is from Marvel Studios. And this movie is, was supposed to open up like 14 months ago, and finally, finally opened up um, on July 9th. But it, it's a spy thriller that stars um, Scarlett Johansson in the character again of Black Widow, aka Natasha Romanoff. As she, uh, as she, uh, I guess we learn more about her her actual past. Uh, it's a bit of a prequel because. Um, you know, spoiler alert, as we know, this character actually sacrifices herself and dies in, in, uh, Avengers Endgame. And, uh, so anyway, well, we learn more about, about her history, ties to ties to her past, uh, diff- you know, uh, it's, it's a really pretty cool, uh, spy movie and, and in a way kind of an, I guess an origin movie of this character, cause we just, we learn a lot about we learn a lot about this character, um, but it's just you know, just great entertainment uh, from from Marvel Studios. Scarlett Johansson is terrific in the title role. Uh, she though is also in a way upstaged by by three of her co stars. Uh, they're all great, but uh, Florence Pugh in particular plays uh, Yelena, who. Who is uh, you know? We'll keep this. We'll keep this spoiler free. 
but she she's been uh, uh, trained and uh, I guess somewhat indoctrinated as as uh, as as uh, Scarlett Johansson's character slash Natasha had been. Um, also, it stars David Harbour and Rachel Weisz who play uh, Russians. And I'm just gonna leave it at that, but they're terrific. And uh, this this uh, this group of four, uh, they I think they have a lot of fun together. And and uh, basically, uh, when they're all together, it's 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 it's, it's just really entertaining cinema. So um, I gave Black Widow uh, four out of five stars. I think it's it's a very entertaining film. This film again, I saw it in the theater. It's also available on Disney Plus, and, and, and as you might have seen uh, this week in some of the headlines, that that the actress Scarlett Johansson is is suing the the Walt Disney Company, who who owns uh, Marvel Studios, um, over over uh, money because this got released both in theaters and on the Disney Plus service. If you if you wanted to see, if you want to see it on Disney Plus. You've got to pay that premiere access fee, which is thirty bucks. Um, but you know, uh, I wish them all happy. I hope I hope that they can. I hope that they can figure it out. It's just you know this COVID stuff is it says it just continues and theaters. Theaters are not back. I mean, Black Widow I think did did incredibly well on its opening weekend. Uh, then it dropped off pretty drastically, but again, I think all the all the Marvel fans who wanted to see it were able to go. And I just don't know how much they're doing. People are doing repeat viewings. Uh, you know, the screenings that I've been to in theaters, they've only been the theaters have have been not even half full. So, you know, and I'm not necessarily going on Friday night at peak time, but uh, still, uh, again, we we wish them all happy. Uh, but go see Black Widow either in the theater or or uh, on Disney Plus with Premiere Access because it's really it's a very entertaining film if you again if you like these Marvel Studios films. Uh, next up is something uh, something completely <laughs> different, but it is Space Jam: A New Legacy, which I got to see uh, on HBO Max. Because it's a it's a Warner Brothers f- release, and it was it was released on both in theaters and on HBO Max on the same day, which Warner Brothers, you know, has been doing uh, all this year. So uh, I saw the first Space Jam, uh, which came out in 1996 uh, in theaters. I saw it with. Some of my family, including my 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 uh, nephew, who at the time was probably like seven years old, and uh, so that that was like his you know his quote unquote jam. He loved it. Uh, I remember being bored out of my mind. Uh, <laughs> I didn't care for it at all. <laughs> but now they're back with Space Jam and New Legacy. And and a new plot. So basically, you know, this is this is just it's a hybrid film. It's the original Space Jam from from '96 starred uh, basketball and sport, just sports superstar Michael Jordan, 
this new film stars LeBron James. And basically, it's kind of this family drama slash... Um, Oh boy, I don't even know quite where where to begin with this. Other than it's it's it, you know, I needed to be with my nephew, you know, someone who's like seven years old who I think would like this movie because I I didn't I didn't care for it at all. But uh, basically, what ha- in this in this particular film, uh, LeBron James has there there are these these actors that are playing members of his family, you know, his wife and his and, and two sons. And they are uh, – LeBron is really pushing his boys to play basketball. He wants them, wants them to follow in his footsteps. But he's got one son who's really talented with um, – he, he, he uh, creates video games. He's, he's uh, very creative and very talented with computer programming. But um, that doesn't necessarily – that's not really working for LeBron. But anyway, LeBron takes a meeting with some some studios executives at Warner Brothers, and and it turns out there's this rogue artificial intelligence. Is this algorithm, um, you know, aptly named Al G, uh, um, played by Don Cheadle, uh, who who uh, basically, you know. Uh, as a kind of like a nod to Tron, which is a Disney film, not a Warner Brothers film, but sucks both these characters, both LeBron and his son, into uh, the Warner Brothers computer network server farm, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, they're inside the computer, and uh, LeBron is going to lose his son forever unless he wins um, this basketball game that they've got going on in the computer. So LeBron has to assemble this team, and of course, he assembles all these Looney Tunes. But in the meantime, we pretty much get exposed to every bit of Warner Brothers intellectual property in this film. Um, that they just make these little cameos, and there's just and and some of them are kind of funny, and a lot of them are random. And I don't think any kid is necessarily going to understand them. And maybe maybe the adults will get a smile on their face. But for me, it was more grown worthy. Then smile inducing, but I mean, we see they make jokes about Casablanca, which you know is a classic Warner Brothers film, um, the Harry Potter series. Uh, they had stuff from they even had like they even threw in a joke about Game of Thrones. I mean, seriously, what little kid is watching Game of Thrones? It really they shouldn't be watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> but anyway, um, it goes on and on. Uh, I was so happy I watched this. On HBO Max, because I think that I've seen it in the theater, I just would have, at least at home, I could, you know, just uh, get more upset rather than just have to sit there in my my chair, get get a treat or something. Anyway, you know, put it on pause. This film, again, just isn't for me. It just wasn't made for me. It, uh, uh, which is fine, you know. I, I hope I hope people and, and their families can, can can enjoy it. I, uh, LeBron James is is a great talent, and they and they they he's I think just a good sport. They used him a, a lot. They created uh, a lot of different variations of him in this in this computer environment that he gets sucked into. Um, the the uh, the two D at least the two D looking animation. 
is pretty great. Um, and they did a nice job with the 3D animation, too. I can't say that I just loved it. I preferred the 2D. But, um, and you know, they were trying to make it wacky like Looney Tunes. But I also didn't think that the script was great. I didn't like what they were doing with Bugs Bunny. I didn't feel like that was really um, it, kind of integral to how his his character really has been displayed or portrayed over the years. Um, and I'm probably just overall thinking too much about this, but Space Jam, I give it one out of five stars. I didn't care for it um, at all. Next up is a really interesting, uh, actually it, 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 quite an interesting movie. It's called Snake Eyes. This is from um, a G.I. Joe origin series. So this film, uh, although it was produced at Paramount Pictures, it's also made by the Hasbro Toy Company. Uh, it, um, which you know, is interesting that that, but you know, who can blame Hasbro? They're uh, they're wanting to to uh, care for the their toys, right? <laughs> How their toys are portrayed. Uh, I so I'm not a I'm not a big GI Joe fan or a fist i mean really or just have really no knowledge about it um i might have had a gi joe when i was a little kid uh i didn't realize that there were other um i mean that there were like again specific gi joe toys or like of that are of different characters so uh in this film snake eyes is played by the actor henry golding and uh, you maybe remember him from as the lead uh, in Crazy Rich Asians. He actually, I thought, did a pretty credible job as an action hero in this in this film. But uh, he, uh, the film, uh, you know, is this origin about Snake Eyes. We learn about it. It's there's stuff going on with uh, his. His father, you know, Henry Henry Golden's character's father, and uh, you know, there's a bit of a mystery going on with that. Uh, he travels to Japan, and so it turns it really turns into kind of this hybrid of of a of a martial arts film, and and then this again kind of this toy. <laughs> I mean, this again. Yeah, not not that the movie is about toys, but again, yeah, just trying to create this world about these these toy characters. The uh, um, the martial arts stuff, I quite liked. I thought I thought that it was they were the 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 action and the fight scenes were choreographed quite well, and uh, you know it was. It, overall, it was just kind of mindless fun. Near the third, during the third act, some more characters get revealed, and different things happen that, um, again, almost make it too, uh, too juvenile, I guess I should say. But it's weird because, given that it's quite violent, not that it's necessarily bloody, but it's quite violent. Yet this is stuff that. That, that that's for toys, you know, um, or about toys. That seemed to be a little uh, schizophrenic, but it is not. Uh, it's really not a, a, a terrible film. I give Snake Eyes uh, two and a half out of five 
um, stars. So then finally in, in, uh, in reviews is Disney's Jungle Cruise. So this movie, you know, also was supposed to open up last year, but they, you know, they, they postponed it and opened it up this year. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard interviews from The Rock uh, about this. They've been doing a lot of press, you know, they've been hitting the press hard for this. I, but then I, I saw some stuff last year, you know, when they were thinking that this movie was going to be opening up. Um, I guess I saw some stuff. It was like in 2019 that was getting ready to open it up for 2020. But anyway, uh, The Rock talks about this film as it being a combination of The African Queen, Indiana Jones, and Romancing the Stone. If you're familiar with those three films, or at least with Indiana Jones, you know, just more like the series of films. But, uh, and I think that they, I think that they were successful in creating uh, a pretty fun uh, action adventure movie. So The Rock, this is set in the early 1900s. Uh, the Rock is this skipper of a boat on the Amazon River, and the boat looks very much like the uh, the the uh, ride vehicle at at Disneyland, you know, or, or one of the Disney parks that has it has the Jungle Cruise attraction in it, and. Uh, it's 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 got a really terrific production design that almost looks like you're in, uh, of course, a much larger larger and very stylized version of the Adventureland area in the park. So that's really fun, and and uh, there's a lot of just kind of silly humor, which is you know hallmark of that attraction. If you've ever been on it, you you know go past some of these uh, scenes with audio animatronics and sculptures and whatnot, and then the skipper of the boat. Just you know, cracking these nonstop jokes, um, and so, uh, but there's a there's a a botanist. Her name is Doctor Lily Houghton. She's played by uh, Emily Blunt, and she's traveling along with her brother, and they are looking for this um, mystical tree that's 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 somewhere you know in the Amazon. They have an idea of somewhat of where where it is, but they're you know they're hoping to find it, which uh, has this you know magical healing power. So that that kind of sets sets it up. Uh, there's some other stuff in there which I won't give because I don't want to give any give give any spoilers. But in a lot of ways, this movie reminded me, and I think the, it was a you know. A, part of the inspiration of the creation of this project was uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies that Johnny Depp starred in for Disney. And, you know, those had a real uh, fanciful or kind of fantasy element to them as well. And this, and this film goes down that same path. Um, I think one of the real strengths of this film is that the rock and Emily Blunt are, Terrific together. They've got really great chemistry, and uh, I think the screenwriters put in a you know, and, and maybe I bet a lot was improvised too, frankly. But uh, they've got a really good repartee, and 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 it really shows. It's and that that part again is this, you know that's why we go to the movies, right? And uh, 
it it really worked. I think where the movie breaks down a little bit for me is 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 just is gets so heavy into the uh, uh, computer generated effects that uh, I mean none of them are just terribly done, but there's some that just you know I mean there's so much of it that it gets a it gets a little heavy again probably more near the third or or during during the third uh, act, uh, but still. It's it, it it's entertaining. There were quite a few uh, young children that were in the screening I went to last night, and they really seemed to be into it. They were having a lot of fun, and so I hope that uh, I hope that that uh, if this could be a film that you and your family might uh, might enjoy as well. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Uh, Links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And please follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth.